Hi and welcome back to the Hiring Advantage podcast. I'm Chrissy, and I'm so excited to chat to you today about hiring, of course. And it is my goal with this podcast to be your go-to resource for small business recruitment. Now, if you are in the startup phase of business, if you are a smaller business, and even if you've been going for quite some time, but you're, you know, you're probably under that fifty employee. M- point in your business you're not not necessarily always hiring and always meeting with recruiters there's not necessarily the resources that are available for big business who are meeting with agencies who are forking out huge percentages and investing thousands if not hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars in their recruitment and hiring strategy the goal of this podcast is to give you information around recruitment around talent and around people in the landscape essentially of hiring so you don't have to spend hours on google finding it now that's what i'm here for my algorithm is heavily geared to understanding recruitment understanding the landscape for that so i can support my clients to hire and recommend the best hiring strategies and i'm so thrilled to be sharing that knowledge with you on this podcast too so as you know with the hiring advantage podcast we are here to support you with all things hiring, recruitment, and scaling your team. For anyone who does want to grow an empire, scale a team, this is a fantastic resource for you to learn all of that information. Welcome back to all my incredible reoccurring listeners. So thrilled that you can join me every week. And if you are new, welcome. And just a reminder, if you are a regular listener, I would so, so appreciate you to hop on Apple Podcasts and drop me a quick rating or review. It just means the podcast gets into more people's ears. So without further ado, we will dive into this week's episode. I want to talk about talent shortage in Australia. Now, obviously, that's incredibly broad and there are lots of variables in terms of the industry sector that you work in, the part of the country that you're in the demand and size if you can recruit nationally across Australia but just to paint a bit of a picture of the current landscape because it is valuable we are at the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years so I have been reading extensively on this it's really interesting well it's interesting to me the current unemployment rate in Australia is below 3.4 percent which as I said is the lowest in 50 years That comes from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And I read a really interesting article in Yahoo Finance in late November, and it really talked about how that is being driven in a post-pandemic landscape. Obviously, you've not had the migration coming into Australia across, across the course of COVID. Australia is a growing country. It is heavily reliant on, for some areas of skill sets, bringing resources in from overseas. So I am one of those people. I came in because there was a shortage of recruiters and I was sponsored and given a job. There's only so many jobs. Those jobs, it's showing there's 3.4% of employment and some of those people who are employed, that will be a choice. They're, they're maybe got home care duties are potentially not wanting to work obviously there will be some people who are looking for work but it's really really low we're usually looking around that sort of six percent mark now in terms of areas that are heavily affected in terms of this skills shortage i read an article in the guardian from earlier this month and it talked about the main areas and this this will make total sense to you is healthcare so 
healthcare, particularly care workers, nurses, certain areas of doctors, so GPs, their resources are really strained. Now, if you think about what was going on in COVID and the, the pressure that was put on those individuals, it kind of makes sense. Support workers, other areas, they were under so much strain, nurses, hospital porters, some of them have gone and found other roles. Teachers, teachers are a great example of this. The ever-changing landscape in COVID, how quickly teachers had to adapt, how much pressure was put on them to you know, shift from being in classrooms to teaching online. A lot of teachers have left the teaching profession. So there's a real strain on that. Technology, as I said before, technology is very heavily reliant on people coming in from overseas to perform those roles. With COVID and the borders being closed, you've not been able to bring people in. And construction. So if you think about construction, physically having to go and build houses, businesses, that industry was completely shut down, put on hold, and now it's back on and it's it's hugely in demand, right? So this makes perfect sense. I'll give you an example of something personal that I I noticed recently. My mum came over from the UK for a visit and unfortunately her suitcase was lost. There was a big issue from Manchester Airport where she flew from and her suitcase got lost and we literally could not get hold of anyone. There was a process to follow, to follow up your baggage, there was online forms, there was a number to call and there was no one picking up this phone and this went on pretty much for the whole of her trip. We were trying to get hold of someone and then when we went back to the airport, so I live two hours away from the the airport. When we went back to the airport, we went to the office and we had a chat to them. And they they said basically we we don't have anyone manning the phones because all of our baggage staff are dealing with the baggage coming off flights, and we are massively under resourced. And if anything goes wrong, we do not have the resources to fix it. So it's really funny because I'm speaking to people about my mum's suitcase, and they're like, "Oh, that's terrible. You need to speak to the other." I was like, "There's literally no one to talk to." Because if you think about what happened, you have all your baggage handlers, a lot of your cabin crew, pilots, all those sorts of roles. Those people were laid off. If you looked at Qantas, for example, Qantas made mass redundancies. It paid people out. It pushed people into early retirement because their whole industry shut down in COVID, right? And the thing is that baggage handlers is not an overly skilled role. So those people just went and got all the jobs. And if they're in their jobs and they like them, they're not mass potentially going to go back to baggage handling. And then you get into this unfortunate tricky situation where you're so busy and you need to hire but you don't have the resources to actually you've not got the resources to put adverts out to interview to hire I'm sure there's some big recruitment drives going on for the big airlines but this takes time and in the meantime you've got a strain on your resources so I'm talking to some examples there just to paint a bit of a picture this is not a podcast episode that is all doom and gloom I'm going to provide some solutions so that's what we do on the consulting side of our business we really dig in I see it all the time in your small business Facebook groups where you've got businesses saying why can't I find people why is there no talent why are there not right people not applying to my adverts and I want to talk you through what our experiences are at Hiring Advantage and the numbers that we get through so I actually just posted and I'm recording this podcast mid-January And we just went through a few recruitment drives for administration roles. I pulled the stats for one. So this was a senior administration role in Melbourne. The advert had 101 applicants in 10 days. It had over 900 people 
click on the advert. That's quite normal. You'll have like a one to ten. Um, but the the views, the the searches that appeared appeared in are really really high. So that traffic is amazing. So 100, 101 applications, I went through those applications. Those applications were good. This was not 101 people who had only ever worked in takeaway shops or highly relevant roles or didn't live in the right location. These applications were solid. So I would say out of those 101 applications, I would say about 80% of them could have done the job on first glance on the resumes. And then you obviously go through a drill down process in terms of who are the most highly skilled, who hit hit all of the criteria. But honestly, this was hard because these applications were really, really good. And I can talk you through what I think was why we got such good quality of applications and you'll be able to implement some of that into business. So I just want to give you that example that an administration came up in that in that Yahoo article, in the Guardian articles, in my research, administration is in demand. It always is in demand. It's such important roles in your business. I'm telling you, if you do, if you follow the steps in this podcast episode, it will help you to get results. And I've proven it. We've we've done it time and time again. We've just recruited two receptionist roles. Receptionist roles are not always easy to recruit, but we hit certain parts in helping our clients design the role and advertising the role. So let's talk through, I've got five different steps of how you can, even if even if there is low amounts of people in the market, what you can do to give you the best possible chance of getting your roles seen, apply to, and getting the best talent so you have good solid applicants to choose from to bring on into your teams because that's what we all want right we want to grow our businesses but we want great talent to service our clients so that we can scale and grow help more people make more money that's what that's what this podcast is to help you do so the first thing I would say is question whether your roles are well designed to attract the best talent we need to have great roles and they need to be as good or better than the competition and then your adverts need to be better than the competition right what I mean when I say a well-designed role is is the role something that a person with that skill set would want to do is it balanced has it got interesting tasks is it going to stretch them I've said this before, but when you're creating a role in your business so especially if you're in a growth phase and you're bringing additional people you're growing your team you're creating more roles do the roles make sense so we'll go to that administration example if the if the role is too broad and isn't going to suit a skill set or if there's lots of repetitive boring tasks in the role it's potentially not going to be attractive to the skill set you're trying to attract right so the roles need to make sense they need to be well designed they need to have attractive elements to them. Nobody wants to apply to a role that is basically a shit list of all the things that you need done in your business. Just to be really frank, it needs to have fun parts of the role. So think about your skill that you need to come into the business and think about what those people really like doing, right? Administration, for example, yes, there's, you know, there's certain things that are potentially a little bit repetitive or time consuming, but there are also a lot of tasks with administration that you can give the individual a lot of autonomy. And I talked in, I did a masterclass starting in 2023 and your hiring strategy and giving people flexibility in their roles, but autonomy is huge. So you give them a problem and you get them to come to you with a solution. Not every single task or thing in the role needs to be fully prescribed by you. I'm talking about, and this this could be a whole 
podcast episode topic in itself, but it's designing attractive roles that fantastic people want to apply to. The second point is very crucial, but are you paying the right dollars? As we know, if we are watching the news, the cost of living in Australia has gone up dramatically. Fuel's gone up, groceries have gone up. People are not going to leave a role highly unlikely for much less money, right? So you need to understand as a minimum what the award rates are for the roles that you're hiring, what the standard is. Look, you're not, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not the biggest company or employer out there. So you're not maybe paying top, top dollar, but you need to be paying fair competitive rates for individuals. I would also look at bringing higher skilled people in and then maybe having them on less hours. That's a way that you can save yourself money, but you can still pay them well and give them good money. So make sure that you're paying the right money. For the first time in many years, when you look at salaries that are measured by Australian Bureau of Statistics, so likely larger companies, salaries have increased. And this hasn't happened for a really long time in Australia, like, which is unfortunate. You know, the, the cost of living keeps going up. The, stand, the salaries have been staying largely the same. They are creeping up a little bit. So make sure you're across what is the standard rates, salaries in your field, what your competitors are paying. You can do this easily by hopping on job boards and doing a search, but you don't want to be way off and you definitely don't want to be bottom of the pile because that is not going to attract the right talent to your adverts. It's not going to get people applying. So I want to sound like a broken record here with my next point, but your adverts need to be attractive. Now, I'm not going to labor on this point. Remember your job advert is an advert. It needs to be super attractive. It needs to hook people in. If if, if you're not grabbing attention on your your job adverts when people are going through your job boards or wherever they're finding them, if you're not grabbing attention in the first few lines of your advert, you could get lost in the many, many job adverts that are up on these job boards at the moment. So what happens is when there is a talent shortage, there's higher demand, there's more adverts on the job board, you're going to be one in hundreds of your skill set, particularly administration, Yours needs to stand out. Now, I can tell you with this this recruitment, the role that I talked about where we got over 101 applications in 10 days, when I was speaking to the applicants, what they said is, great role, fantastic rate. People love the location. So we really targeted the location on the advert. So it was local people applying to it. There was a flexibility element built into the role, different start times, different finish times, the possibility to work either four days or five days ability to work from home, all these things were really attractive. So I had people who were applying who were in bigger corporate jobs on similar money. Some were taking a, looking to take a slight drop because it hit all of the points in terms of that flexibility piece. So as I've said before, if you're not currently offering some sort of flexibility in your role, and I gave you examples there, so different start times, different finishes, uh, ability to work home, ability to work remotely. If there's some hours that they don't need to be client facing, can they work them in the evenings? Like I know, like myself, this is eight o'clock on a Saturday night. <laughs> I'm recording this podcast because I didn't have plans tonight. 
I don't have my kids, they're with their dad. And this is when I'm choosing to do my work. I've had like a super chill day. I've been out for a friend, a friend with lunch. I'm not drinking at the moment. So that scarbers a load of my Saturday night plans. And this is how I'm choosing to work because on Monday, Tuesday and Thursday of next week, I don't have any childcare. So I'm choosing to work on my weekend and do the work that is not client facing on my evenings because that is what works for me. Can you offer that to people? That's huge. It, you know, it's, if you are hiring casual employees, it's maybe saying, you know, I want you to work approximately 10, 15 hours a week, but you don't have, they don't have to be set hours. They can be done at different times. So think about that. That's incredibly valuable. It's incredibly attractive. The next point I'm going to talk about, and this is where we're really going to flesh this out for you, but do you know your niche? Do you know your industry? Do you know the data around that skill set? Let's say you're recruiting physiotherapists, for example, and you need your physiotherapist to be degree qualified. Do you understand what the landscape looks like for degree qualified physiotherapists in Australia? Do you understand how many university courses in Australia are releasing physiotherapists graduates per year? Do you understand how many adverts there are for physiotherapists and similar to that skill set? And then more so if you are location-based, let's say you're in Tasmania, <laughs> do you understand how many vacancies there are in Tasmania, how many graduates there are at any one time? And can you paint a bit of a picture of how many people with that skill set are available at any one time to move for a job? It's really, really important. So there's certain roles that don't require that level of understanding. Like it's not so specific in terms of the skill set that they have to have. But you, if you are in a business where you need highly specific experience or a certain qualification, you need to understand how many people that are in the market or available in the area that you need to hire them with the level of experience you need to hire them. Because what I've seen, and I've seen this with some clients and it's, it's, and I've seen this in corporate, sometimes you're searching for something that doesn't exist, right? I work for one of the big, one of the big four banks. And at any one time, the national government would roll out certain requirements for the banks. So certain regulatory requirements from the regulators, so the banks have regulators that make sure that, you know, they're doing all of the right things. I won't go into too much technical detail. But then what would happen is the regulators would say, okay, guys, you all need to lift your game and you need to hit these standards. And therefore, every single one of the banks in Australia would have to do a project to make sure their systems and their tech and their processes were up to that level. So what that meant is, at the same time, all of the banks in Australia were all looking for the exact same skill sets to deliver this requirement that they had to do by law through the government. So at any one time, all of the banks are looking for these exact same people, right? That means there's only so many of those people in the country and they're all going to be headhunted and have money thrown at them. What happens if you can't get them and you have to deliver these projects? So these are these are real conversations that I had. So for example, in your small business, if you've got loads of demand from your clients to deliver a service and you're saying, I need this specific skill set, I need this qualification, I need next year's of experience, and it does not exist, what are you going to do? Are you going to find another way? Are you just going to close your books and just say, you know what? 
we're going to book out every month. We're not going to hire any more people. And that's how much we're going to do because there's only me and my one existing team member who have the skill set, and that's it. You can do that. If your person leaves because they're in demand, you got no one. So what is your backup? So this is where we're stepping into a bigger business and a more sustainable business. And we're really building that strategy out, right? So by all means, if you can, if you can get that skill set, and particularly early on in your business, I recommend bringing in really highly skilled people early on who can hit the ground running. But particularly if you're in one of these industries where there's a lot of demand for the type of resources you need, you need to be looking at other ways to bring those skills into your business. So this is things where you look at bringing someone in with very transferable skills and then you train them up internally. It's maybe looking at traineeships. And I'd also say you want to be looking at an ongoing attraction strategy. So like a breadcrumb trail to bring people into your business. So if you know it's really, really hard for you to find your skill set, are you always advertising for it? Like, have you always got information up on your social media where they can reach out to you to, to get a job with you? Are you making your opportunities for people to work with you super, super attractive? And have you got it somewhere on your website? These are things you absolutely need to be doing. Now, this latter point is what we talk to clients about in our consultations, but everyone can do this at a certain, certain level. And then if you're still not getting results, then this is where you might need to look at consulting for hiring businesses like Hiring Advantage. I don't know many others that deal with it at this level of business. So more than happy to chat to you. But let's touch on those points again. So yes, first of all, we talked about there is a talent shortage in Australia in some areas. We talked about the lowest employment rates. And we talked about some industries being highly affected on why really think about your niche and think about what external factors are happening with regards to the talent right the, the ways that we can combat it and the ways that we do combat it a hiring advantage to get these amazing numbers and we've seen this frequently we've got many many examples of this are your roles well designed are they attractive do they make sense are they going to entice someone with that skill set are you paying the right money? Are you paying the right dollars? Are you, is your rates or your salaries, are they competitive? Are they competitive against your competitors? Are your adverts attractive? Remember, an advert is an advert. Trailer to your movie, are they hooking people in? Or, or are people just scrolling right past them? You need to know your niche. So particularly if you need very specific skill sets and in demand, what are you doing to make sure that you're building that talent pipeline so are you networking are you attracting people to your business are you looking at ways to upskill talent internally and is there a breadcrumb trail where people can come to you i hope you find this episode helpful i my goal is to empower you to hire your teams and grow your business so you can have abundance be the true CEO that you would know that you were born to be. And that's really why you got into small business. We are not playing small these solo episodes, guys. And I am so, so down to support you if you need anything more. You can always come and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I hang out there. I'm, of course, on LinkedIn too. And you can check out all of our testimonials and reviews on there and on Google. I'm Chrissy. This has been amazing. Until next time. <laughs>